Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is Sunny Side of Sports. Right here on The Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the March 13th edition of the sunny side of sports. The Men's Basketball Africa League, or BAL, resumed Sahara Conference action on Tuesday in Dakar, Senegal. The BAL tipped off its third season over the weekend in Dakar. In Sahara Conference results, ABC Fighters of Ivory Coast defeated A.S. Dwan of Senegal 76-70 in the BAL's opening game. Rwanda Energy Group beat Quara Falcons of Nigeria 64-48. And defending BAL champion U.S. Monastir of Tunisia top Stad Malian of Mali 78-68. Last year in the BAL final, Monastir defeated Petro de Luanda of Angola, 83-72. Do you think Petro can lift the BAL trophy in 2023? That's the question I posed to Atlanta Hawks big man Bruno Fernando, the first Angolan to play in the NBA. I believe so. You know, I believe so. You know, I think they, you know, they, they, got, they got a great coach. Um, they got the potential. They got a lot of great players. You know, they got some of the greatest players in our history. They are representing their team right now. And, uh, you know, I think that, you know, they, they got what it takes. And, you know, obviously they want to win the BEL. And obviously I think people got to put in the kind of X factor right there. The, the player they signed from the Ivory Coast, Solo Diakite or Diabate, that's his name. He's been in the finals twice and he won. So okay. I think the fact that Petro signed him, he might be like that card that makes them win now. You know, that's going to make three in a row for him. So, you know, hopefully they win. And I'm cheering for them. And, uh, you know, hopefully they, they, they get it done this time. Bruno, do you see the uh, BAL making a, a bigger and bigger footprint in Africa? For sure, for sure. It's crazy because I was just recently um, in, in Utah doing the outside break in a meeting for uh, NBA Africa. They, they talked about uh, BAL. But, uh, you know, I just think that, you know, it's a great thing uh, for the continent. You know, it's, it's given a lot of opportunity for a lot of people. Uh, and it kind of just gives out the exposure that we always look for. You know what I'm saying? A lot of guys now don't need to leave the continent to be able to be seen by the NBA. And now we have guys like Zaire Wade going back home to play, um, you know, to play in the BAL. So he makes, you know, the league even bigger. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? We need a lot more of those contributions from players like that. And even the people out here, um, you know, connected to the NBA and just to be able to associate those two, two, two organizations, you know, makes it, makes it even better for the continent. So... Uh, I definitely think the impact is getting bigger and bigger, and, and I think in the future we're going to have a much better um, organization running for the continent, for sure. What is your status right now with Angola's national men's team? It's great. It's great. I went uh, last, last summer, I went and played in the Ivory Coast for the, um, for the window they had in Ivory Coast for the qualifiers, the world qualifiers. Um, and obviously I would love to go this past window they just had back home in February, but I couldn't go because, you know, obviously we, we working here right now. But, uh, you know, we qualify for the World Cup, you know, which I'm very excited about. You know, I'm looking forward to, you know, joining the team in the summer um, and kind of just ramp up the work and, and go to the World Cup and have a great performance. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in great place with them. Um, we are trying to 
kind of take us back to the place where we belong. You know how it is, you know, before the history we have in basketball uh, with Angola and the history that all those legends came before, that came before us have already done. They kind of already gave us a blueprint, so now we've got to kind of find a way to just follow along and continue to take Angolan basketball to the highest boards. So, you know, I'm somebody who is kind of in charge of it right now. And, uh, you know, as the image of the country, I'm, you know, definitely um, honored um, and excited to join the national team again. It was a while before I played. You know, I, I hadn't played for like six and a half years. Okay. But, you know, it felt good to go back this past summer and put on the uniform. Bruno, uh, you returned to the Hawks via trade. Right. What are your feelings about being back with Atlanta? Man, I feel great, man. It just, you know, uh, that's one thing about me. I don't think a lot of places, you know, just us as human beings, you know, uh, it's certain places to feel like home, you know. And for me to be able to go somewhere else and experience different things and just experience different people and be around and just trying to connect with people in different cities and, and organizations, uh, which are opportunities that I'm extremely grateful for. But to be able to come back to Atlanta, I just felt like, okay, I'm home, you know. Uh, the reception was amazing, you know what I'm saying, just to be able to see everybody and, and smile again and just laugh and have a great time as I've always had, man. I'm, I'm, I'm home, you know. I can't complain about anything. Finally, Bruno, your college team, the Maryland yeah. Terrapins, yeah. will be at March Madness. Will you be following the Terps? Yeah, I followed them a little bit this year. Uh, it was a little tougher because, you know, there's times where they play that we also have games. But uh, I've been able to catch a few games, and, you know, it's always good to see them in the March Madness. You know, I think, you know, it's always it's a tradition that, you know, most schools have that, you know, it's always a goal of them to, to get to the March Madness and be able to compete for the national uh, championship. So I think they're in a great place. They got a, they got a great team, great coach. Um, I got a chance, I, w- I had a chance to meet them, um, I think, Willard, over Willard. in the summer. Yeah, yeah. so, uh, you know, they got a great chemistry going, seems like. So, you know, I'm excited to watch them and see where they go. Bruno Fernando of the Atlanta Hawks, thank you for uh, talking with us. Of course. Thank you for having me here. (laughs) Bruno spoke with me at our VOA studios here in Washington. His NBA team, the Atlanta Hawks, played two games against the Washington Wizards, and they won both. Season three of the Basketball Africa League is here. Starting off in Dakar from March 11th to March 21st for the Sahara Conference, then heading to Cairo from April 26th to May 6th for the Nile Conference, and the excitement continues to build in the finals in Kigali from May 21st to May 27th. Tune in and follow the BAL on The Voice of America. Coach Liz Mills and the ABC Fighters got off to a winning start in the Basketball Africa League on Saturday when they defeated A.S. Dwan of Senegal 76-70. In an interview with Iron Mike Mbonye before her team's victory, Coach Mills said the BAL has shown tremendous growth in its first two seasons. I really think that the Basketball Africa League has grown leaps and bounds from season one even to two to season three. Uh, It's a credit to not only the NBA and FIBA as well as the BAL organization itself that every year we see the standard not only on court but off court improve. 
The first season obviously was only a two-week tournament due to COVID, and so it was a soft introduction. But last year, uh, we were able to run um, the league in three different markets in Senegal, um, Egypt, and Rwanda. And we really saw the league expand, and we saw that the crowds in all three markets really got behind the league. I think now that we're in season three, um, we've learned a lot of lessons from the previous two seasons and I think we're going to see more fan engagement and also the standard of the game. Um, the clubs who are now participating, we, they know what it's all about um, and at the domestic level, you're now getting several clubs trying to vie for a position in the BAL. So not only is the league on a continental level improving, but at a domestic level, it has drastically improved domestic leagues as well. I think the entire basketball ecosystem for basketball on the continent has really felt the impact of the league. And, you know, it's, it's exciting to think where is, where is basketball on the continent going to be three, four, five years down the line? Um, and it's, it's exciting to be part of the league. And I, I'm really excited for this season. And I think we're going to see some great basketball. Some basketball stakeholders say the Basketball Africa League has assisted in raising the standard of the game in the continent. What's your reaction to this? I couldn't agree more. I think the standard of the game has drastically improved over the the last three years, even just within the BAL. And now you're seeing at the domestic level in each of these countries participating, different clubs are vying for positions in the BAL. So there's more investment there's in terms of players, in terms of coaching, in terms of the entire organization. And as we know, the biggest challenge on the continent is the administration of the game. And with you know the NBA coming in and holding teams to a certain standard and holding them accountable, that has really improved the management of the game at the club level. And as a result, even in terms of federations and them hosting their domestic championships. So we're now seeing multiple teams in domestic leagues vying for that BAL position. Either their team is going through qualifiers or their, their team's an automatic um, qualification team. And then on a continental level, we're seeing the best possible teams play in the BAL and players from overseas now want to play in our league. And I think that's also helping raise the standard. And as a result, also, you're seeing more coaches wanting to be part of the league, not just foreign coaches, but local coaches who have been working overseas and now coming back. And I think that's really positive. You know, in a couple of years' time, instead of African players wanting to go and play overseas, they're going to want to come home and play in the BAL. And that's going to be really exciting. Coach, do you think organizers of the Basketball Africa League should consider starting similar league for women players in Africa? I think in conjunction with the NBA and FIBA, obviously a league for women is something that's on the agenda. But I think it's also really important to concentrate on developing the BAL. It's, you know, it's only in its infancy and it's still got a lot of areas which need to be developed. And I think I'm, I'm a big believer in don't move on until you've you've got a product that you're you're happy with and that is sustainable and i think the focus really needs to continue to be on developing the bal and i do believe that fiba is looking fiba africa is looking to develop a similar product for women um, i'm not sure if the nba is going to be part of that but i think that's probably 
not a bad idea, you know, FIBA Africa come in and focus on building that, and then maybe at a later date, the NBA, WNBA come in and help develop a BAL for women. That's Liz Mills, the head coach of Abidjan Basketball Club, and Coach Mills spoke with Iron Mike Mbonier on the telephone from Dakar, Senegal. Sporty greetings. This is Liz Mills, head coach of Abidjan Basketball Club of Cote d'Ivoire. You are listening to Sunny Side of Sports on The Voice of America. Thanks. Thanks, coach. And thanks also to Iron Mike Mbonier for that interview. Now let's go to South Sudan, which recently made history by qualifying for the men's FIBA Basketball World Cup in its first attempt. The South Sudanese are the first African team to book a World Cup ticket in their first qualifying campaign. For South Sudan's team captain, who was born a refugee, it's a fairy tale dream come true. Sheila Pony reports from Juba, South Sudan. For Kwan Kwan, the idea of watching a South Sudanese team play at the top level was a far-fetched dream. Kwan was born in a refugee camp in Kenya after his parents escaped war back at home. He will captain South Sudan at the team's maiden FIBA Basketball World Cup in Asia later this year. Um, I think every every day we're out here, everyone is just telling us how uh, you know how great the, how great it is um, and how proud the country is. South Sudan will fly the African flag at the World Cup to be co-hosted by Japan, Indonesia, and the Philippines. This is a tremendous achievement for a country slightly over 10 years old. At the moment, South Sudan's Basketball Federation is headed by former NBA player Lol Deng. The country does not have a domestic league and the men's national league team does not have a home gymnasium. For us, it might have just been another game, another win, but... To everybody else and you know to our families and including us ourselves it's way bigger than that and i think um to finally realize this dream after just two three years um is is is, is, is huge i really can't put it into words um, it's just something that a lot of people have always wanted to achieve Deng Deng, just like the entire squad has little physical connection to south sudan most of the players have lived in foreign countries but when Luol Deng took over the reins of basketball in 2019, the narrative changed. Deng Deng could not hide his excitement of helping South Sudan pen such a glorious piece of history in his debut with senior national team. Some of my other teammates, like their first time being in South Sudan, just being able to be welcomed by all these people. Surely everyone want to come back. But, yes, the best ever, man. I've never been supported my whole life like that. So it's an amazing feeling. For a country that is plagued by tribalism and ethnic violence, sports fans such as Badil Abdallah, famously known as Kawaja, says sports has managed to walk the people through the trenches of war and succeeded where the political class have failed. 
This basketball team is showing South Sudan as one people. We unite because of the basketball. This win will raise our name as South Sudan. We were known as people who like fighting all the time, but now basketball raised our name up and also brings peace among us. Kwan grew up playing football in a refugee camp before his family relocated to Australia. He says he doesn't regret playing for South Sudan instead of his adopted country, Australia. Peter Abakar was a member of the Sudan basketball team for 10 years. Despite having relatively bigger resources in the then Sudan before the South seceded in 2011, the now Undersecretary for Ministry of Youth and Sports says South Sudan's World Cup qualification is an incredible achievement. In Sudan, we never defeated Egypt in basketball. Whenever we get uh, them on competitions, they were always winning. So for our national team to beat Egypt, a very experienced country in basketball twice and in their own country is amazing. They deserve from us all respect. To defeat the reigning African champion in basketball, con- consecutive years reigning champion in Africa, Tunisia, our boys did it. We are proud of them. President Salfakir who will be turning 72 in September, says he will personally attend at least one game in Asia in August. For the sunny side of sports, I am Sheila Pony in Juba. Thanks, Sheila. You're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. Prince Nesta joins us now with a look at some of the weekend highlights in the major European club football leagues. Sporty greetings, Prince. Sporty greetings to you too, Sonny. Egyptian skipper Mo Salah missed a penalty as Liverpool lost by a goal to nil at Bournemouth just a week after scoring seven goals against Manchester United. The win effectively ensured the Cherries avenged a 9 nil hammering in the hands of the Reds earlier this season. Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp shared his thoughts on the match. It's never really our game. Um, of course, we were dominant in the first half, but lost there already balls in the, in the wrong moment um, against the compact side. Um, they had their counter-attacks, what they wanted to have. Um, we didn't have... Yeah, I, I, I really think that the spaces where we had to play were super clear, were super open. Uh, we didn't use it often enough, half spaces, next to their two midfielders. Um, the rest was more or less um, busy with covering other spaces, but we didn't, we didn't use that. Um, often enough, um, didn't enjoy the the, the, the challenge um, to 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 face a, a deep, um, a, a compact side. Like it's clear you cannot get through with all the balls, but um, it was like always okay. We don't get through at all. 
That's Liverpool manager Jurgen Klopp discussing his team's performance against Bournemouth in the Premier League. Leaders Arsenal secured a 3-0 win against Fulham in a London derby match played at Craven Cottage. Belgian forward Leandro Tosad recorded a first-half hat-trick of assists gifting Brazilian defender Gabriel. His fellow countryman Gabriel Martinelli and Martin Odegaard a chance to record their names on the score sheet. The Gunners have now won five league matches in a row and consequently restored their five-point lead over Manchester City at the top of the Premier League. The Belgian assist maker shared his thoughts on the match. We knew it would be a tough game and I think we did really well. Um, and Marta said we scored three goals in the first half and we kept a clean sheet today as well. So that's that's a perfect uh, win for us and uh, we're really happy with it. Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta also assessed his team's performance. We're really happy with the performance, obviously winning 3-0 away from home, keeping the clean sheet and with the chances and, and the goals that we have scored, I think. Big compliment to the team because uh, we deserve to win. We played really well. That's Arsenal manager Mikel Ateta discussing his team's win against Fulham in the Premier League. Ben Chilwell, Kai Havertz and Mateo Kovacic all recorded their names on the score sheet to help Chelsea beat Leicester City three goals to one. The win marked the Blues' first Premier League away win since October. Chelsea manager Graham Potter assessed his team's performance. Yeah, it's been a really positive week for us. Three wins, um, a determined win against Leeds and a, uh, an important victory against Dortmund in the Champions League and then to back it up with a victory here away from home in the Premier League says a lot about the developing, I think, spirit, developing togetherness we have at the at the club with the team. So uh, we're delighted with that. It's a hard-fought game, as they always are, and especially away from home in the Premier League. Very complicated, but in the end, I thought we had enough quality to, to win. That's Chelsea manager Graham Potter discussing his team's emphatic win against Leicester in the Premier League. Erling Haaland scored to ensure second place Manchester City and the 1-0 win over Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. The Norwegian hitman has now scored 28 goals, 8 more than Tottenham's Harry Kane. City manager Pep Guardiola assessed his team's performance. For my experience in UK, every time we came in Selhurst Park, except the first season second, that we played really, really, really bad, really bad, and we won. The next time, the last four or five years, every time we came, we played excellent. Last season was an incredible example. We played really good. I could not expect going 4 5 zero, but always we struggled to score the goals. They defend really well, physicality they have, and I had the feeling that you and Olise and Saha and after Eze, when come the second half, they have an incredible talent players. Uh, for the fact that they keep the ball, they have a good connection between each other, they attack good the channels, uh, they keep the ball. And and yeah, it was quite similar last season, like we played really well, and uh, at the end we found the penalty, and uh, good determination for Erling, having the penalty, he won the game. In that stage of the season, it's really important. That's Manchester City manager Pep Guardiola discussing his team's win against Crystal Palace in the Premier League. English skipper Hurricane scored twice as Tottenham secured a 3-1 win over Nottingham Forest. South Korean forward Heung Min Son added a third in the second half following some great work from Brazilian forward Richarlison. Spurs manager Antonio Conte shared his thoughts on the match. Uh, we know we have the, uh, only the league now and uh, there are uh, 11 games to go and uh, we needed today to bounce back to show to show that uh, we are uh, strong mentally and uh, to in this type of situation you the the, the moral uh, can be 
can be really down. And uh, instead, uh, uh, I see the, the right spirit, the right fire, the right uh, desire to to get points, uh, the right desire to, uh, to 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 get a win, and um, was uh, was positive. But at the same time, uh, I said uh, to my players that now this is the past. Uh, today we we have uh, one day to to rest, and then we have to to start to prepare the game against Southampton. That's Tottenham manager Antonio Conte discussing his team's performance against Nottingham Forest in the Premier League. Moving on to the French League, French star of Cameroonian descent Kylian Mbappe and Carlos Soler both recorded their names on the score sheet as leaders Paris Saint-Germain beat best two goals to one. The Parisians have been left with just the French League title to play after getting knocked out of the Champions League last week. PSG currently lead the standings with 66 points, 10 points ahead of their perennial rivals Marseille, who surveyed a two-all draw against Strasbourg. American striker of Nigerian descent following Balogun scored the sole goal as Hems beat Ace Monaco by a goal to nil, while Canadian forward of Haitian descent Jonathan David scored a hat-trick to help Lille salvage a three-all draw against Olympique Lyon. Reporting for the sunny side of sports and Prince Nestor. Thanks, Prince. In professional golf, American Scotty Scheffler has won the richest prize on the PGA Tour and moved back to number one in the world rankings. Scheffler won the Players' Championship, as we hear now from George McNeely in Ponte Vedra, Florida. Nothing less than a masterful performance from reigning Masters champion Scotty Scheffler. He's breathing that rare air of capturing the Players' Championship. His sixth PGA Tour victory in his last 27 starts dating back to last season. I played really well the whole week, really solid. I uh, I had some times throughout the week where I didn't feel like I was swinging my best or, or playing you know, at 100%, and then I would just kind of wait and pick my moments. And fortunately, I got I got kind of hot in spurts in each of my rounds, um, whether it was the my back nine the first round or you know eight through 12 this afternoon i mean i just i found a way to kind of choose my moments and, and get hot here and there and had had four just really solid rounds on tpc sawgrass sunday Scheffler carded five consecutive birdies on holes eight through 12 to amass a six-shot lead on the way to a three under par 69 and a four-day total of minus 17. um I mean, this week, I think I had five bogeys for the whole week, and um, around this place, that's really, really, uh, I would say, hard to do, and that's probably what I'm most proud of, is just playing so solid, and um, yeah, I think I, I just like the challenge of kind of harder golf courses. Scheffler's winning margin was five shots over Englishman Terrell Hatton, who birdied his last five holes for solo second. Hatton finished at 12 under par, as Scotty was only making the turn. These are the words of a man who left all he had on the course. Seven birdies over his last nine holes Sunday. Just go out there and what, what's in front of me, I try and do the best I can with what I've got. Um, and yeah, it's, obviously it's worked out nicely in the end this week, but um, yeah, I just try my best. Terrell Hatton, the runner-up, while Victor Hovland and Tom Hoagie would finish seven shots behind the winner in a tie for third place at 10 under par. Scheffler captured a top prize of $4.5 million and returned to the number one ranked golfer in the world. Australian Min Woo Lee was tied for the lead at one point briefly, 
but finished Sunday with a four over par 76. It's awesome. I mean, if I just keep putting myself in those positions, I mean, hopefully I can get a Sunday done. But it's another top 10 finish, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really proud. You know, Sundays are, Sundays are just tough. Australian Minwoo Lee, while the day belonged to Scotty Scheffler. His family was here, even his 87-year-old grandmother who followed Scotty most of the day. Next stop is this week's Valspar Championship at Innisbrook Resort and the Copperheads course near Tampa, Florida. It's the final event of the Florida Swing on the PGA Tour. Two-time defending champion Sam Burns will be in action, as will major winners Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth and a strong field of players. Speaking of players from the Players' Championship, George McNeely for the sunny side of sports in Ponte Vedra, Florida. Thanks, George. Finally, in African age group football, let's give a sunny side of sports salute to Senegal, which lifted the under-20 Cup of Nations trophy over the weekend in Cairo, Egypt. Senegal defeated neighbor Gambia 2-0 in the final Mame Faye and Mamadou Kamara had the goals for Senegal, which is also the reigning Africa Cup of Nations champion at the senior level, as well as the reigning African Nations Championship or Chan champion for local base players in Africa. More success for Senegal in African football. Around the clock, the Voice of America keeps you in touch with the latest news. Tune in at the top of every hour, every day of the week. For the five-minute VOA newscast. We bring you reports from our correspondents and interviews with newsmakers from around the globe. Give us five minutes and we'll give you the world. VOA, your trusted source for news and information. Wraps up the March 13th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in. I get it. I'm VOA's Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports.